I'm just chilling tonight, man. I don't know where I'm going to be able to put this podcast, but I really just want to describe what my day was like and what I went through today. Man, it was a great day. I'm not lying to you. I had a real, a very stimulating conversation with one of my guys. It confirmed a lot of things in my life about why I am who I am. And I just feel like I need to record it basically for my own use later. And hopefully you get some value out of it too. But Man, I was talking to my guy today and he was telling me about how he came from Nigeria with nothing. This conversation started with him, a lady asking him, seeing him over the years. She'd bought a lot of cars from him over the last five, six, seven years. And she asked him, like, she's seen him progress. Like, she's seen his little shop. Then he had a bigger shop, a bigger car dealership. He had a bigger dealership. And now he got a dealership with a hundred spots on the lot. Um, and he usually has it full. And she was like, I want to, I want to start a business and he was he he said he asked her about like what makes her think she needs to start a business you know like what about you i mean what, what think about it like what why do you want to start a business and he told her to come back you know and he said at the same time i'm gonna tell you why i started a business you know and he came and she told him that she wanted some extra money you know and she wanted to do something awesome like he had done and what he told her was, what I did wasn't something I did because I wanted to be awesome. You know, I, I didn't I didn't do this to want to show people how great I was. He said, I had to do this out of necessity. Like it was a, me starting a business was out of necessity. I didn't have the things that you have. Like he said, I came here as an immigrant. I came here with no driver's license, no work visa. Nothing. I had to come here. And if I want to stay, I had to make some kind of legal money, you know. So for me, a business was all I could do at that point to make some money to actually live here and stay and eat. Like I had to use eat. like they don't give immigrants, you know, food stamps and they don't give you assistance. They don't give you health care when you not when you undocumented here and especially a grown man. Like he said, I came here at 21 from Nigeria. I wasn't, you know, a child. So they're not really giving you handouts at that point. He said, for you, you want to start a business, but how comfortable are you in your life now? Because business makes you uncomfortable. You know, if you are American, you got you you got all these things that'll save you if you drop off. If right now we fell off, we could get all kinds of assistance, you know, not to get back to this level, but we could get all kinds of assistance to get our life back. And that makes us comfortable in our positions and it won't make you go as hard to excel your business to the next level. And I thought about it. I said, you're right. Like, cause it, it did take me a lot longer to, I feel like to start my business because I did have a good job. When I was starting my business, what pushed me quicker is when they made me angry at work. By me being angry at work and being there, that pushed me to that point where I needed to leave that job. You know, I, I was angry. My emotions was pushing me further my business so I could quit. And that's one of the things that I feel like most people don't think about when they think about starting a business. Like a business is not something that you just 
uh, to have a successful business and really push to those higher levels, you have to have something more than just wanting to own a business and wanting to not have a boss. It got to be something you got to find that push that's out of necessity to get that business really over the hill. And this is the reason why you always hear like most businesses don't make it past five years or don't most businesses don't even make it out of the first year, first two years, you know, because they don't have that burning desire to get out of that, you know, get out of the situation. They don't have that discomfort to get out of their situation to make that business actually run. But that was awesome because I just to hear him come and describe to me that feeling he had when he got to this country because it was his dream to come here. And the whole process, the whole thing of him even getting here was amazing. Like, I mean, he manifested his own life to get here. He comes from Nigeria and he said. It reminded me of myself. I mean, not as far as those exact things, but I did things that was irregular as a teenager to get me to the next level. Like where I come from, it wasn't kids was going to college, but they wasn't, you know, becoming, they wasn't lasting long. Like out of my 25 people that I left school with to go to college, I mean, in my mind, I think when we graduated, only two of us made it all the way through the four or five years it took us to get through college. Just two actually made it. I mean, you know, people come back and go out on the end. They come back and go to school and finish, you know, when they're 30, but it's different then, you know, like not many of my students didn't come with me, but to go back to his story is this. So he said to get here from Nigeria to here, it was a lot. You got to go through a visa. And he said, everybody told him and his family that they don't give poor people visas to go to America because I mean, what kind of contribution are you going to bring from Nigeria to America? You got to be have money here to take to America. America wants you with money, you know, and he just he said, I really want to go like I'd want to be over there with Will Smith and Aaliyah. He said for some reason he felt like Will Smith and Aaliyah was just hanging out over here. And then when he got to America, he was going to meet him. And I swear to God, I've heard a lot of people from out of this country do stuff like that all the time. Do ask me about Wiz Khalifa. I'm like, bro, I don't know Wiz Khalifa from Jamaica. But he said, man, I went out and camped out and camped out in front of the American embassy in Nigeria for four months. He said, I just sat there and I watched everybody that came in the door, you know, watched anybody that came in, came out, came in, came out, watched the Nigerians that had the visas already. He said, that I would go by the sit by the door and I would try to talk to people, you know, say hi, be polite, uh, have some water bottles and give it to them and then try to get a question or two out of them while they was, you know, opening the bottle just to try to figure out what was going on and how they was getting these visas and things like that. And he said, I realized after about three or four months that he said, they don't give these out to poor people. And he said, I went home and I looked in the mirror. He said, and I looked out around my neighborhood and yes, I looked at like the poor people in there. You could tell I wasn't eating enough, you know, and the, oh, I did. I didn't have nourishment in me. So I'm only 20 years old, but I had an older face because I, I wasn't getting enough nourishment in my body. And everybody I seen that was going to MC was well fed. And in my and, and, and where he's from, that's rich, you know, well fed, nice suits. They looked like fresh Prince of Bel-Air, what he was saying, you know, had that good skin that was thick. You know, he said, so, I mean, I, I did what I could do to get there. And basically what he did, he said he took vitamins. He, he, he said for the next year, he took extreme 
care of his body. You know, he went to the little gym that they had or whatever they had. Some, he was doing push-ups, doing sit-ups, you know, trying to eat whatever he could, making sure he got a lot of rest, taking his vitamins every day. He was focusing on getting better food for himself. Just food wasn't about just eating at that point. It was more about getting nourishment in his body so he can look better. He said, I, I was taking my vitamins, trying to focus all the money I was getting on food and, and getting my weight up, you know, getting my more weight, getting my muscles. He said, I saved up for one suit or one set of nice clothes. And he said, it took me a year to get to that point. He said, to get the confidence to walk in there and I felt healthy, you know. All he had to do was get healthy. And he went to embassy and he said they, they ended up giving him a visa. He said it, it, it took a year after that point, too. But at the same time, when he came in there, they didn't automatically shoot him down because he didn't look like he came from the poor part of town. Right. And he said, man, even that was a struggle. But just getting here, he said that was one fit. He said that was a one obstacle that I had to climb over to get here. And he said yeah, it was a whole bunch of other obstacles in between there to get to America. And then when he got to America, like I said, he didn't have no assistance. He had to build something from nothing again. You know, I was thinking about that myself. And I was like, I remember like sitting in high school, like maybe 11th grade and everybody was doing they was talking about school, like talking about college and stuff. And I really didn't have much college aspirations, but I knew. I wasn't going to do what my mom was doing, you know, or I wasn't going to be in that situation. I was going, my life was greater than what it was at that point. And that trajectory that I was on, it was not what I wanted. You know, I knew I had to do more. I don't know where it came from, but I knew I had to do more. And I remember just out of blue going into the library and I spent like maybe four or five weeks there studying for the ACT. I did make a bad grade the first time I still because I just didn't know what I was studying. I just was reading the books like I'm reading ACT books like it was like a, a textbook, you know, not really getting information, but I was trying, you know. And I remember a friend of mine, um, we don't talk now, but he looked at me and he, and he, he worked in the library just to get money. And I remember telling him, he said, what you doing? And and, and I looked, I was, I'm just, you know, reading. He, he looked at the book. He was like, you studying? You, you come in here? He said, Why? I was like, bro, I'm, I'm just trying to make a better grade on the test. You know, and he was like, oh, but did the teacher tell you to come here? I'm like, well, no, I want to do it for me. He was like, you trying to be real smart, you know? And I was like, I thought in my mind, I was like, I felt good about that. Like when he said it, I remember feeling good about myself as doing something for myself. Like, you know, like nobody told me to do this. I wasn't mandated to do this. You know, this was something I want to do myself. I wanted a different outcome than what I felt like I was given, you know? That made me feel good about myself. And I remember that time where like not being afraid to actually invest in yourself, like put money in there. Because I remember I even paid for my own ACT test. Um, my first, my practice, my first two of them, I paid for them by myself. And then my mom paid for the last one because I was all out. I was out of money for some odd reason. I don't remember. But I remember paying for two practice tests at ACT because I was trying to make a better score. So hopefully I could. I don't know what I was doing. I really didn't know. Hopefully I could get into somewhere better. And I, the crazy thing, when I think about it, I really didn't even put in a, a lot of applications for school. I really just wanted to, I don't know why I wanted a better grade on that ACT, but I just did in my head, you know? And I think that's what really started me off as far as like putting money into myself to actually get myself to the next level. Like I knew I had to do an investment to move to the next level. 
Um, I don't know if I ever got on a podcast and really talked about my college journey and how I got through that thing and how I got my job. But man, I remember it being so awkward that when I told my um, business professor that I had was taking a CFA like my senior year, he was like, you trying to be a chartered financial analyst? I was like, yeah. He was like, you know, that test is like a thousand dollars and you got to buy books and you got to study 250, 250 hours. I remember I was like, bro, um, I already paid for the test. He said, well, what money? I said, my own money. And you bought the books. I was like, yeah, I'm already studying. And he was like so amazed. You know, he was like, well, you need to get a practice session. And he was like, okay. I said, cool. I'll take a practice. I'm, I'm going to go. I said, right now, I'm going to go and hold off on the practice. He said, oh, you know what? I pay for it. And he ended up giving me like $190 because I used the scholarship money to pay for my test. He gave me like $190 to, um, you know, buy the test, but get the practice uh, class. And I remember thinking like, man, my man was extremely impressed that I was doing investment in my own life. Like, like without nobody telling me, like I read about what I wanted to do before I left college and I started taking steps before, like it was required. Like I just knew I had to take steps and I know my situation ain't like the same situation to do in Africa, but at the same time, like we got kindred. I felt, I felt it was a connection between me and him because he moved when nobody else was moving around him. Like I, it, it didn't matter what my circumstances was at that point. You know, like I still was going to do something to get more like like I, 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 I wasn't afraid to do something or spend some money to get more out of my life. You know, and when I think about that, I told us to Mac today, too. Um, I really, really am blessed with a, a beautiful soul. That is, that's my mom. Like my mom is an entrepreneur, like a serial entrepreneur. She's never made money in business. And I probably said this so many times. I don't know if you've been listening to my podcast, but I've said it before. My mom is not a person. She's a business person, but she's never been a real successful person in business. But she's tried hundreds and hundreds of businesses, you know, and oh, not hundreds, but a lot of businesses. And I feel like she's filled it all up. She made a little money here. It's really just a journey. My mom, she likes to start another business and doing things. She does what she loves. And if she makes no money, it's okay. You know? And I remember my mama lost money on so many businesses. But one thing I do remember is I never see my mom cry over no lost money. Like be sad, you know, rolling around, blaming other people. Never, never, never has she been like, they lost my money, you know? And like, if this would have worked, then I, I this would I would have made it, you know? Not one time in my whole life can I think of a time when my mama blamed somebody else for her losses? And I swear to God, I feel like I picked up those habits subconsciously. And that's a lot of the reason why I feel like I always want to take control of my life. I've never blamed anybody for my losses. I I, I feel like it's internal. Like I've always been that guy to be like, James, you messed that up. You know, like nobody's coming to save you. Like you need to do this yourself. Like, like you're not going to get to that point without doing something different by you actually doing something different, you know? And I feel like that was part of why my anger came with my job. Cause I feel like I had no control, you know, like I, my raises was, um, connected to a computer program and they had to put my inputs in there. And then they said, if I was going to get a raise or not, that angered me, you know, like this guy 
my boss uh, questioning me about being two minutes late. You know, that angered me. <laughs> and then he wanted to complain about like he didn't want to complain about things that happened two years ago. He holding a grudge about me. And I, I that angered me. And I felt like I didn't have control. So it made me move to out of that corporate life. Like like everything I thought about corporate, I made it to the corporate level and I, I just did not like it. I did not like it. And and the crazy part is when I got there at that bank, I was like they I was highly recruited. Like everybody knew I was gonna be just the next man of the bank, you know, because when I came there, they offered me when I left Langston, I was getting fifty thousand dollars out the gate, straight out the door. Nobody was getting that at Langston. Like no jobs out of Langston University in 2006 was paying $50,000. It just wasn't happening. Like when you looked online for a starting finance analyst, they was getting paid between forty-four dollars and $55,000. And they gave me $50,000 out the gate. Teachers weren't even making that kind of money. You know, like at the school, I was getting that kind of money out the gate. They moved everything I had from the first day of school. Like when the end of school, I went to work like the next Monday, you know, and it was, it, it, it was a blessed time for me. Like I felt so I was in abundance, but then, I mean, reality kicked in and it was not for me, you know, like it was not for me. And I had to exit that thing. And I'm so glad I did, but I feel so much freedom now. And I'm so glad that I'm open to learning. You know, I still know how to play dumb around people that I feel like know more than me because when you play dumb, people answer questions for you. You know, if you, if you courteous, you can ask people for answers. You can ask other entrepreneurs for information and more than likely they going to give it to you free of charge, you know, because when you become an entrepreneur, your most prized possession, if, if you the kind that that's took a lot of losses, your most prized possession as an entrepreneur is your lessons learned and your experience. That's what they can't take away from you. They can take the money, you know, but they can't take your experience from you. And that's what makes you. That's what makes a real entrepreneur is the experience of life. And, and I feel like a lot of people dodge the experience of life because they don't want to be a failure. Nobody want, they don't ever want to be a failure. And that's one of the greatest things. You, you become a failure. It's like breaking down your muscles. You get stronger a lot stronger and the more losses you take the stronger you get and i really don't want to add well so another thing we had a conversation about today about being an entrepreneur and being a strong entrepreneur because it'd it be people out here that, that run businesses and they're not that strong and i see it all the time it's like you need losses to be able to bounce back from things i know people right now that's been in business for 20, 30 years doing the same exact thing. And it was cool. Like they started this business. They was young. They made it and things went good and they lived their life. They had some few ups and downs here and there, but the business always kind of stayed because the economy was good for that business. But as soon as the economy changed, a lot of restaurants start losing. You know, they didn't know they didn't want to learn new things. And that's when you get comfortable as an entrepreneur. You have to be able to take a loss and bounce back. Or you have to be open to new things. And a lot of people don't get open to new things, even though they, they own their own business. They still not open to new things. They own a business, but they actually work for the business. The business don't work for them. 
Like, like, like a lot of people are self-employed. They run a business, but in actuality, they work for the, they, they are the business. They work for the business. The business is not just working for them. So that is their job. And they stuck there and they stop expanding. And that's really not good. I'm trying my best to find businesses that work for me. I don't work for a business. I don't want to create myself no more jobs that I'm stuck in, you know? And that's extremely important to be careful of. These one-man businesses, they get real, real hard, real fast, man. But all right, yeah, I'm through ranting. But overall, I I had a great day talking to my man, Mac, and it was eye-opening to see his story. And it also was extremely relatable for me to hear his story and have points in my life where I can relate to specifically, you know? What made me and what made him, you know, and us sitting there at that table like we are we the same, you know, like I, I know if my if things change, I'm going to have to change. You know, if I want to continue to live this life, which I have to because I cannot live the other life. But yeah, man, I don't know where I'm going to put this podcast, but if you listen this far, thank you. I plan on putting a little studio in my house so I can start doing my podcast from inside the house. So I won't be in the car no more because I don't drive in the car that much no more. And then that's what's messing up the podcast frequencies. So <laughs> I don't know, man, I'm going to change it all. I got to change it all up. I can't be in the car, but I'm still thinking about my life, man. And just trying to grow for myself and for my family, man. Love y'all. Peace.